this. But it gets me white and nerdy. Don't you know I'm white and nerdy? I am, I'm white and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Matt and Todd Go to the Movies. The podcast where Matt and Todd go see a movie at our local Regal Cinema. Uh, while it's raining pretty hard, you may be able to hear it. Or not. Hopefully not. And then we uh, talk about the movie we see in the parking lot in Matt's Honda Pilot. Should you see it? Should you not see it? Uh, can we endorse it? Should you see it in theaters? We try to answer all these questions and uh, bring some peace to your life. I am Todd Domer. And I'm Matt Malloy. And yes, we are here mostly to bring peace to your life. Secondarily to talk about movies. And well, yes, it is raining. And we did see a movie tonight. We saw a movie called Morbius. Morbius. This is a uh, Marvel movie, but it's in the family of Marvel movies with Venom and Spider-Man and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell, honestly, at this point. (laughs) Well, there were references. But, yeah, you're right. There is some crossover between different universes at this point. Yes. Multiverses, if you will. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Well, um, so, yeah, we watched this movie. This movie has... um, a couple famous people in it. Jared Leto. 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 Jared Leto. Jared Leto is in this. He's the main character. Dr. Michael Morbius. So true. And then you've got your Matt Smith, who plays his his friend, his lifelong friend. Yes. And then you've got, I don't know, anyone else? Uh, Jared Harris. Okay. Um, he's been in a whole bunch of stuff. I would say he's one of those guys where you're like, I know that guy. Yeah. But you probably don't know him by name. We got Tyrese. Is it this oh, movie? that's true. FBI agent who can't act or do anything besides be mopey. Agent Stroud. Yeah. Um, and then it's not really a spoiler because it's in the previews. Michael Keaton's in this movie. That's true. Yes. And take that as you will. Take it as you will. Ooh, a little Ooh. thunder action. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, not a, not a huge cast to start with, and I would say fairly uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of unknowns um, besides the people that we've mentioned. Um, so what is this movie about? Well, it's a, it follows the, the uh, path of Dr. Michael Morbius, who is born with some kind of uh, blood disease, yeah. right? Where he has to get transfusions three times a day or cleaning of his blood or something. something. Dial- yeah, we don't know. He called it an oil change. He called so. it an oil change. I don't think that's a medical term, but... No. Um, <laughs> we didn't come to see this movie for its medical accuracy. <laughs> Uh, Unless you did. That no, I, <laughs> I, I did not. Um, so anyway, so y- you you kind of get a little bit of like Michael Morbius as a boy, and he's in this home for people who have this blood disease, and his friend he meets his friend there who has a name Lucius, but yes. he decides to call him Milo for reasons that are never explained. But that's what he goes by for the rest of his life is Milo. <laughs> he gets named by this guy who doesn't know him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
That's that's just one thing in this movie that doesn't make sense. <laughs> there may be more. Um, so so anyway, you get the little backstory, and then we realize that Michael Morbius is kind of a genius, and the headmaster of the facility that he and this other kid are in is like, I'm going to send you to New York City where uh, you're going to study at this special school, and you're going to do stuff. And then we flash forward 25 years, and then um, he's a famous scientist. He's now Dr. Michael Morbius, and he still is, is sick, um, but he's been working on, on a cure for his illness and an illness that he shares with his, his buddy Milo as well as other people in the, in the world have the same, same problem. So he's trying to solve it, and he's already he's already created artificial blood, and um, wins I guess a Nobel Prize for that. So artificial blood is is uh, is on the scene because of him, and it's blue. It's blue. Yeah, yeah. So all of that to set up the fact that uh, he's trying to solve this disease that he and his friend have, and. He decides to splice some of his uh, genetic code with a, a vampire bat. Because vampire bats have some form of blood coagulation something something yes. that will help his disease. Yeah. Right. That sounds about as medical as they said it in, yes. the, in the movie. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, so he does he does that and he makes this serum and he takes the serum and um, then he becomes like uh, like a bat in a lot of ways like a bat person like a Batman if you will mm -hmm. but not like the Batman no. more like don't get it confused a a bat man or a man bat mm -hmm. although not there's a man bat too yeah nope we don't just some some dudes who like bats yeah you know they're yeah. starting a club right so anyway he takes the serum and and uh now he he just he wants to feed on blood fortunately there's artificial blood um but he also has special bat powers that he can activate and and at certain times um uh, but but he realizes this is sort of like a, a road to nowhere because um, because the he drinks the artificial blood and it, it doesn't last as long after a while and then he's like I'm gonna have to drink real blood or I'm gonna have to die or something um, and also some people die and the police are are on the trail of yes. Uh, of Dr. Michael Morbius trying to figure out what's going on. Nothing escapes Tyrese. Right. And and Agent Rodriguez, his yeah. partner. Um, so then uh, his friend Milo gets, gets a hold of some of the serum and takes it himself. And he becomes like a bat man creature mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. um, but he decides to just straight up vampire people. Mm. Um, and so the rest of the movie is kind of about how how their relationship evolves, sure. and mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, Doctor Michael Morbius is trying to stop his friend that he named Milo, and uh, they're both bat-powered people, um, 
and it goes from there. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's pretty much all I'll say about that. Yep. But what I will say, Todd, is please share your thoughts on on the movie Morbius. Uh, I will. And uh, so I, I have to start by unfortunately saying this movie is not good. Not not good. <laughs> not good. And what sucks, and I feel like I say this more and more often nowadays, is that <clears throat> I think there's a good movie in here, but they focused on all the wrong things and they fell into just a paint-by-numbers kind of hero origin. Or, you know, maybe not a hero, but an origin. Like a, like a superhero origin. And uh, it just... I mean, it could have been something real special, and it wasn't. It, it shoehorned uh, a villain in because they were like, we can't have a movie without a villain, I guess, so let's just make one for no good reason at all. And, uh, and they're wrong because you can see Encanto. Yes. No villain in that movie. Great so, movie. Yeah. So, and, and it, everything to do with the villain or whatever, or that whole thing was just out of place and bad. It just felt like it shouldn't belong or it just wasn't thought out. I don't I have a feeling like because of the lays on this movie, because of the movies that came out that weren't supposed to come out after this movie, so much stuff I think in this movie was recut to affect the movies that have come out since this movie came out, even though this movie was supposed to come out before all of them. So a lot of was going back to like recut scenes, including, you know, to shoehorn in Michael Keaton. Um, Also, almost none of the stuff that you see in the trailers happens in the movie. Maybe like one or two (laughs) scenes, which was also just kind of weird to me. Um, But the biggest problem I have with this movie is that I think this movie would have been spectacular if the protagonist and the antagonist were the same person. If this was like, if you leaned back on this movie being kind of like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, I find myself in a circumstance, you know, for these certain hours, I'm good and I can be a good guy and I can do things, but then past that expiration point, I'm a monster and I've got to reconcile the two and I've got to do something about it. If the good guy and the bad guy were the same person, I think this would have been a super compelling story. Like, as a guy who's just trying to do good in the world, makes a horrible mistake, but somehow has to figure out life past that mistake and past all these changes and stuff like that. But they didn't... I mean, I don't know if they just were scared for a movie like that, or if they were scared that this movie wasn't going to do well no matter what, because it's like a Marvel offshoot. It's not really a Marvel movie. Like, it just kind of like is Marvel-adjacent. And so they were like, well, let's throw in all these tropes that we have to throw in for these movies. Love interest, boom. Even though it doesn't make sense, it was stupid. Villain, boom. Also stupid, didn't need to happen. Like, just these things that, like, um, they just threw in for because they were scared? I don't know. Like, but I have a feeling this movie is not going to do well and it's going to take pretty hard. And uh, anything to make you excited about what could come past this movie is shoehorned in in ways that just don't make any sense like and that's kind of frustrating so um those are like the major problems i have with the movie um cgi was fine in some aspects but then also like really hard to understand in in other aspects like when when these blood suckers go into 
I don't know, vampire mode, things get weirdly smoky and stuff, and echolocation, and it's just kind of like, I don't know, it was, it was just weird. Nothing was truly, like, explained, or even they took the time to kind of dive into it. It just was like, we got to get through this. Like, that's what it felt like. It's like, <laughs> like, the movie itself was like, all right, we can't hover too long on this, because we got to move it, because we know we're not putting out anything special or good. So, yeah, it's, like, hard to even look forward to the future of whatever this could have. You know, the fact that at this point through this movie, and I don't, this is not really a spoiler, but at this point, Michael Keaton's Vulture, Morbius, and Venom are all in the same world. And so, you know, like, that by itself could be like, okay, well, that gets me somewhat interested in what could happen. But then all the kind of after-credit stuff were just so so stupid and so thrown in at the last second. That it's just kind of like, well, you know, I'm not really excited. <laughs> I could have been, and I should be, but I'm not. So, um, yeah, I mean, the acting was okay, I guess. Kind of. No, I can't even say that. I thought Jared Leto was fine. Jared Leto's going to be at least a baseline okay to good in everything he does. Because he takes everything he does so freaking seriously. Most of the side characters in this movie and other main characters are just like, you know... Who cares? Like, I don't think like, anyone really... <laughs> Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt Smith, entire... Like, no one tried, I don't feel like, in this movie. A little... Like, I would say Matt Smith maybe kind of tried, but it, it didn't really hit, I think, what he was going for. Tyrese was a robot, like, who just regurgitated lines that didn't have... Almost sometimes had nothing to do with anything. He just was there to say something. And that was it. And then his partner was, you know... He's a comedian in real life, and they just threw him in because they were like, oh, we need, we need a guy to do some one-liners. So every time this guy's in a scene, he's going to toss out a one-liner, and it's going to get people to chuck, and then we're gonna just going to move on with the scene. So <laughs> it just was not good, and I can't... I mean, I mean people are going to see it no matter what. If you're, like, fully into the Marvel experience and you're fine with Marvel-adjacent movies, then you're going to see this movie no matter what I say. But there's not much to highlight of this being a good movie at all. So taking that knowledge, I don't I really don't think I can endorse people to see it unless you are already planning on it. So I don't think it sits anywhere in an important timeline as of yet. So if you don't see it, I don't even think you're gonna miss anything from a from a Marvel experience. So that's me. Mm. Matt, how'd you feel about this movie? Well, um this movie we are in agreement. This movie was not good. Yeah. Um and you've highlighted many of the flaws. I will highlight a couple things that really bothered me about this movie. Um, one, the CGI was too much. Yeah. There was too much CGI. It wasn't like of low quality, but there was way too much of it. Yeah. I mean, there was like smoking things like floating off of bodies whenever they moved when they were bat mode which you referenced um there was faces that popped out like venom yeah uh venom style uh pop outs of of like fangs and and uh animal bat like faces that popped out of nowhere that were very cgi and uh, it's too much yeah too much the other big problem that I have with a movie like this is you are coming in from a basis of science 
and medical things and you're saying, well, we're using DNA, we're using a medical solution to solve this, we're going to switch, um, we're going to add this bat DNA to the human DNA and it's going to form, you know, this special cell and we'll inject that and then um, that'll, that'll cure the, the disease. Okay, you, you got me so far, like, like I'm with you there. But then when you start changing into a bat and you have claws that appear like with long nails and then they disappear later. Mm. Like when you go back to a human, the claws just disappear. Like how can they disappear? They're claws. Yeah. How does your face change and go back? Yeah. Um, and and how, how does a human um, float on air? Yes. Like, it doesn't make sense. The science is... The science does not match um, reality. Which, I get that you don't have that in a movie like this, but then don't come at it from... This is a scientific um, discovery that has happened, or a, a medical evolution that has happened. Yeah. You've got you've to throw some magic in, like... Oh, it was a magic serum um, that ancient Incans fed to bats and gave them magical powers. And then the bats bite Dr. Michael Morbius and he becomes cured and bat-like. Right. Right. Great. Then we have magic involved. There's magic in Marvel. It could be that. Um, but that's not what happened. Or at least go further into the science to say, like, you know, as he's discovering these transformations, you know, science the crap out of that somehow. Like, right. Be like, okay, right. well, vampire bats in extreme situations in a hunger craze can, you know, their claws can grow at an exponential rate so they can get more, <laughs> so they can kill more and stuff like that. Like, just try a little right. bit. Like, you right. know, like, even if it's not the greatest thing, like, at least you tried. This one's like, oh, well, this big transformation happened. That's the main focus of the movie now is kind of bat people. Right. So, you know, whatever to science. Like, we're not even going to, like, dive back into it. Oh, you're you're working on a cure? Are you going to science that a little bit? No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> Correct. So, um, so, yeah. Overall, this movie isn't, isn't very good. Um, I was, I was struggling to see where I would put it in kind of the, the list of, of Marvel movies. And I, I think it, it may drop a little bit below the Eternals, which I feel mm. like is near the bottom for me. Sure, um, it might be the worst Marvel movie. See, I don't, I don't even know if you can say this is a Marvel movie though. Like mm. that's the thing is that the people who make Marvel movies were not in this one at all. Like, and and as much as I pick apart those movies, as a you know person who judges them harshly, I'll at least say that I think Marvel movies some like sometimes they can and they have gone on on a ledge and tried something different and yeah. tried, you know, to, to push the envelope. This one, this Sony film that's in association with Marvel is kind of like, let's reverse back 20 years yeah. to the other movies that came out. You know, like I, this, like some of this, of this movie was reminiscent to me of the original blade. Like, and I, okay. I like that movie a lot, but it's, it was obviously 20 plus years ago at this point And movies have kind of like, you know, progress since then, especially yep. like hero, anti-hero movies. Right. And, uh, you know, this one, 
kind of just fell into that same racket and same paint by numbers thing. Like yeah. it just felt like there was nothing original about this movie. There's nothing that pushed the envelope. There's nothing special. If you've seen, if you've seen other superhero movies, you've seen this movie. Like right. there's nothing that stands out. And, and in fact, as you mentioned that, like this isn't a real Marvel movie. This is, this is an, offshoot or whatever this is in this marvel marvel adjacent adjacent right um this is that reminds me well yeah venom is in this same universe and we watched the second venom movie carnage and it was exactly like this movie it was like this movie yes there was too much cgi and uh there's a lot of of paint by numbers stuff that is thrown in there that you don't need and I feel like that's that's that is Sony. Like they cannot make movies that it's almost like they make movies with a huge safety net. Like mm-hmm. and and they revert back to that safety net all the time. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do here. We could take a huge risk or we could go to the safety net. Let's go to the safety net. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I I would say if you really like sort of the Venom movies then you might like this movie. But other than that, I, d- I don't endorse it. I don't think you should see this. Yeah. I don't think there's any big reason to see it. And, uh, yeah, not very good. Yeah. Also disappointing, too, because I was somewhat looking forward to this movie because I thought it could be something special. And I thought it was going to be something special. And it, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was not. So, Matt. Yes. How many? Let's go with. Let's just go with vampire bats. Mm. Is that the mm-hmm. appropriate answer here? How many vampire bats would you give this movie? Zero being the worst, because then you have no vampire bats. But then right. five being the best, because then you can experiment and become a bat thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you care about killing people. Maybe you don't. I don't know. That's, a, that's a, everyone's question they have to answer inside of themselves. True. Maybe so. you drink artificial blue blood. Maybe yeah. you like the regular red stuff. Yeah. Or maybe you, you know, remember that you're a scientist and try to solve the problem instead of just forgetting mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. solving the problem and worry about other things that are kind of superficial. Right. Well, when you put it that way, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that this was almost two vampire bats. Okay. Not quite two vampire bats. This was 1.8 mm-hmm. vampire bats out of five. Um, not very good. The movie is not very good. And so you don't have a lot of vampire bats. Sure. Makes but, sense. You know, you have... You have one, one and some pieces of another one. So, yeah, that's where I, I land. One point eight. Gotcha. I am definitely not too far off from that. The original number I landed on was one point seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what I ranked Eternals at, mm-hmm. but um, I, if I had the answer right now, I feel like I disliked the Eternals more, but. Um, that's a hard, that's a hard, hard, hard to convince me that that's uh, like, that's what my rating was. Yeah. It's certainly not cats. That's the benchmark well, for me. Like, sure. So, sure. and I also, I mean, besides being, I was more like, I didn't walk out mad at this movie. I walked out disappointed like a dad, mm. 
you know, just walked out and was like, right. I'm so disappointed. I can't even be angry with how disappointed I was. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode of Matt and Todd Go to the Movies, where we review the movie Morbius. And we gave it an average rating of 1.75 vampire bats out of 5. I do have to say that I I would like to meet the person who did the opening credits so I could smack them. Mm. Because they were so stupid. Mm -hmm. It was like the opening credits are focusing in on lights that form a V. And it's just V, 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 V. And it's like, got it, vampire. You know, like, I'm there. I totally get it. Then they kind of zoom out, and it's like, it's an M for more. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my gosh. You guys are treating this like we are real dumb. Real, real dumb. Yes. <clears throat> well, thank you for that. Yeah, I just figured I'd add that in at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, no, it's good. Because apparently smacking is a thing now. Smacking is a thing. <laughs> we were going to talk about that. Uh, make him wait another. <laughs> All right. We'll as talk we, about as that. we fester on it more. We'll we'll talk about that later. We will not talk about what happened at the Oscars in this podcast. But we will talk about it. We will. Cuz why not? Why not? We're allowed to have opinions about stuff like that. We are. But not today. No. So, thank you listeners, downloaders, podcast subscribers. For uh, consuming our product. We will continue to make this product. And we will see you next time. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da.